At Morgan Stanley, old school hard work meets bold new thinking. At 88 years old, we still see the world with the wonder of new eyes, helping you discover untapped possibilities and relentlessly working with you to make them real. Old school grit, new world ideas. Morgan Stanley. To learn more, visit morganstanley.com slash why us. Investing involves risk. Morgan Stanley Smith Barney, LLC. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk in the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. We'll put the month of February to bed today with more chop. Uh, futures uh, getting a little stronger here after the worst day of the month so far. Got a wave of earnings to digest. The House sets up a vote on stimulus. And, of course, we'll watch rates 10-year 147. That's where our roadmap begins. Investors are looking to wrap up a tough week for stocks as the rise in yields rattles the market. Plus, the FDA is preparing to vote today on J&J's single-dose vaccine. And Pfizer's saying goodbye to those special freezers for its vaccine. HP shocks the street. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Dialing up growth in its most recent quarter. We're going to speak with the company's CEO, Carl, a bit later in the program. Yeah, a lot of corporate news to get to. But, Jim, just um, a macro view of the market as we look at what the Dow's done over the past 24 hours. You know, a lot of commentary from some traders saying yesterday, at least in the bond market, was the craziest day of trading they've seen outside of crisis days in a long time. You feel that way? Yes. I've got to tell you that the panic that went through many stocks, let's take NVIDIA. I thought NVIDIA was one of the best quarters. They far exceeded everything, particularly in data center. Uh, and the stock went down almost 10 percent. And why? Well, I had Jensen Wong. You know, I think he's brilliant. But it was the bond market. The bond market was the villain. Uh, Salesforce, bond market villain. I mean, it was almost as if it didn't matter what you had to say and how good. What mattered was the 10-year, the 7-year. David, at one point, the 5-year was crushing a lot of good stocks. Yeah. Well, listen, it's, the, it's, uh, it's growth stocks. And growth stocks with, high, with, with yields moving higher were the ones, and have been, by the way, not just yesterday, Jim, but no. for a period of a number of, for a period of weeks now, getting hit, um, losing ground, as hard as it is to imagine, actually going down as you look at, we're at 146, but we hit, what, 161, I think, yesterday was our high in yield on the tenure. Um, uh, meanwhile, the banks, obviously, are, are beneficiaries, and they've been quite strong over that period, as we pointed out many times. Isn't it time that ran its course? Well, that was my question to you, is yeah, it? I think it is. Uh, my chapel trust sold some of these. I mean, really, if you're going to have inflation, you can't hide in the banks. They don't. It doesn't work. Uh, yes, it can work for Jay Farner and Rocket Mortgage. Right. Uh, but at a certain point, if you really want to extrapolate things, I mean, business will dry up. I mean, that's what's supposed to happen. And when does this rotation out of growth stocks or at least uh, s- slow down and well, or reverse? If we use the December of 2015 to Feb 2nd, paradoy, uh, really, I think that is the great analog because you had a rate hike. Uh, you, you have another month where uh, people are skittish about these stocks, particularly, David, the companies that say, you know what, we don't care how much we spend, we're growing. That works so great when rates are going lower. But people just despise it when rates are going higher. It's the common thread of the companies who, that are really getting crushed here. 
Yeah. And of course, I mean, Carl, we always want to put it in perspective. We look at one, four, six. I know. We all remember a time during the last, I mean, boom, of course, which we referred to many times in the late 90s, Carl, you can remember where rates were then. They were multiples higher than they are now. But to put it in perspective, it's higher than we've been in a while. Uh, yeah, a 30-year fixed, guys, is going to have a three-handle uh, before much longer. Uh, of course, it was 265 back in, I think, uh, well, the all-time low is 265, but it's the highest now that it's been since August. Jim, uh, to follow on David's question, you know, names like Splunk and uh, Peloton down 30-plus from the highs. Right. Okay. I mean, does the, does the inverse of your, of your financial thesis work? Do you buy them here? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Kat, Kathy Wood's been selling Splunk. Uh, she seems to sell it. She has some sort of printing press of Splunk. It seems to go by every day. Uh, I, Kathy Wood, being the premier growth investor of this of this moment, uh, look, I think that we're going to get oversold, and you have to start looking at value. Uh, but you know what value is now? Value is something like Apple, which has come down furiously. It's like Facebook. It's just come down horribly. And the businesses, I mean, Twitter is having a good quarter uh, and people are just saying, listen, I can't touch Facebook. Facebook's very cheap. David, by the way, you'll probably want to know, I got a three and a half uh, floating yesterday. Five oh, yeah, I heard you mention that on Squawk. Three and a half floating. Well, I five year average. Okay. Five year got it. arm. But right. you know what? Two weeks ago was the same rate. So let's not panic. If you're trying to divine the Toll Brothers quarter, it's not going to impact. Jay Farner this morning, not going to impact. So I think your original issue about 1.6, where things are, yeah. let's keep things in perspective. The rates are not moving nearly as much as you would expect yet, because I think that the mortgage people just don't believe in it. Interesting. And the yeah. mortgage market has its own, I mean, mortgage-backed securities. There's, there's different things that affect it, not right. just the overall right. rate. Uh, as anybody who's sort of looked and said, hey, can I lock in lower now? And they're like, no, sorry. No, you know, and it also has to do with demand and certain at certain. But demand certain is products. so strong, David. Yeah. It's so strong. Carl, I've got to tell you, when you listen to Doug Yearly, the CEO of Toll Brothers, I know a lot of people when they hear an executive say things are great. They think that it's overdone. Doug Yearly, uh, Toll Brothers, they are every house they'll sell. And by the way, these are not like the old days, 2007, 2009. You're buying them with cash. You're putting real money down. So before we just say this moves over and that because lumber has doubled and because copper's at $4.11, the home prices are not reflecting a new level of inflation, but they are reflecting a demand that once again comes from, we're going to speak with HP. Yep. Yes, the movement, David, the movement out of cities doesn't the, stop. It doesn't stop. Yeah, I know we'll be left alone wandering the streets aimlessly. Uh, we will be speaking to Enrique Lori uh, a bit later in the program, of course. Very strong quarter. But by the way, uh, Jim, you had a lot of guests last night on your show. We talked a lot about it yesterday, that incredible lineup. Thank but you. Specific to the earnings, and again, back to this conversation about growth companies perhaps no longer participating in this market in the way they had been. Salesforce, very strong number, right? right. But nobody uh, cares. Well, stock was down immediately 12 bucks. Okay. You mentioned NVIDIA, although I am seeing it looking up now this, uh, well, up this I mean, morning. We, we managed to explain it isn't a crypto play, darn it. Right. That's what people are saying. Oh, 2018, they did crypto and they got crushed. They're going to happen again. That's just untrue. Uh, Airbnb. Yeah, Chesky doing, on. I think that Chesky uh, told a story of, uh, I, I know for the evening show, you have to be careful because you use terms that are the terminology. But, David, the leverage of that model is extraordinary. For Airbnb. I mean, they basically every single new home, every single new, new uh, host is just additive. It, it's incredible. And that's why this, his EBITDA was uh, so, in, so amazing. This may be, of all the companies that are of that, it, that mint, mint, 
that one period, including DoorDash, this company has a business model that is just extraordinary. The more, the more guests, more money. The more hosts, more money, and they're recruiting hosts. That is the winner of last night of these newly minted companies. Not DoorDash at all. <laughs> well, we, yeah, we listened to Tony on, on uh, Squawk Box, uh, Carl. Uh, DoorDash shares are looking down, but you can see Airbnb quite strong, and we'll keep a close eye on NVIDIA uh, and Salesforce and any number of the others, including, of course, HPQ also, which reported strangely earlier than anticipated yeah. uh, yesterday. It was expected to be 4 o'clock Eastern, but I think they came, it was 2.30 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was that. very strange. I thought that there was some sort of weird break-in, that yeah. it was like some sort of an emergency release. It was an emergency release. We yeah. have to get these numbers out to the market right now. We can't wait another <laughs> hour and a half. They were superb. Carl, again, I mean, and Dell, too. And Michael Dell, David. Yeah. Unbelievable. But, Carl, this whole thing about having the office at home, the biggest winners are HP and Dell because you need to have a duplicate office at home. By the way, finally, printers, ink, amazing. Why? Because your home is your castle slash uh, workplace. And that's something, once again, Mark Benioff has the largest tower in San Francisco, and it is empty, Carl. It's empty. It's amazing. Yeah, it's been it's been fascinating to listen to the spectrum of opinions, uh, whether it's um, uh, Mark Benioff on one side, guys, Reed Hastings, David Solomon, a Goldman on the other, uh, regarding the willingness and ab- ability to bring workers back to the office full time. But at large, Jim, uh, Benioff did talk to you about the incredible revenue growth over the years and the dream of further growth ahead. Here's what Benioff told Jim. We have this $50 billion dream, you know that. So we're going we're gonna to do more than $25 billion this year, but we want to more than double this company in a relatively short period of time. And it's these existing contracts that are allowing that to happen. It really creates the momentum of the revenue over time. Benioff actually tweeted, Jim, uh, yearly revenue for, I think, the last 15 years yesterday. And you can see just the parabolic growth. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think, and I try to point it out, but it was a truncated interview by a lot of CEOs, was they have $13 billion in cash. Uh, David, a lot of people don't like this Slack acquisition. I disagree. I think it's going to be great. But one thing is certain, he goes big when he does acquisitions. He goes big. MuleSoft was big, okay? Tableau was big. This is big. Here's my prediction. Yes. Dell, HP, you're going to build in Slack. Look out, Microsoft. You mean they're going to incorporate Slack right Right yes, there. because you need the in collaborative the, software, you, particularly in an era where you're working anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, I happen to love Slack. I think it's great. Microsoft has a competing product. But Mark Benioff has a lot of friends. And, and they're friends who want to profit off of what he has and also be his partner. And I think that the Slack acquisition, which is hurting the stock, just like the Arm Holdings acquisition pending is hurting NVIDIA. If they get these done, very positive. Now, Slack is, a, is under review, but I think you'll say that, that deal. That's going to happen, yeah. And they did get a second request, which I don't think was fully unexpected. We'll have the, and they're not changing the date in terms of which they think right. they will actually be able to close that deal, Jim. But to your point, it hasn't been over, particularly well-received. I mean, no. the price was looked at as fairly rich when it was announced. Yes. But... Uh, Acquisitions have been part of his strategy from the early days. Everyone's worked, and everyone was doubted. Everyone has worked. And one of the reasons why they work, the people stay. I mean, how many times, David, acquisition, and they can't wait to leave. Mm -hmm. But everybody stays. They're part of what I call the Ohana. The Ohana. The Ohana. Hawaiian for family. Got it. 
Thank you. Okay. Mahalo. Mahalo. Yeah, that one I know. Yeah. Ohana. Ohana. He's That's in Hawaii, right, most of the time. Yeah, he yeah. is. Yesterday he was outside. They did their conference call looking yeah. over uh, the, the Golden Gate Bridge. Carl, we should be so lucky. Our lives are pathetic. We look at, I still can't get my car out of the snow. Yeah, I just look at mounds of trash. Uh, uh, Benioff actually used the word Ohana in that tweet yesterday, Jim. Um, I mean, Salesforce has amazing revenue growth. Uh, There's a lot of focus on names today that have actually zero revenue, uh, namely Virgin Galactic and uh, Nikola, with market caps, Jim, of anywhere from uh, $8 to $12 billion. Yeah, I'm still waiting. David, did you catch any big um, partnerships with uh, Nikola? No, I didn't. No? No. I didn't either. No. I guess you looked at the release and things like that, like I did? Say again? You looked at the release and I was looking for the part. I saw that. I saw that. And they, well, they were were correcting some errors in the record. Correct? Correct. Right. Yeah. Namely namely that um, the early prototype was a fully functioning vehicle. Right. Well, that was deemed inaccurate. (laughs) But I was hoping that I would see uh, gigantic deals. Uh, instead, I felt very workhorse. Have you been following Oshkosh? I have. I've been following the Oshkosh United uh, Postal System uh, work, work. Yes, and workhorse went up yesterday because they're reviewing the Oshkosh. Uh, guys, by the way, SPACs, because we're 12 minutes in, we got to mention SPACs. Yeah. They're such an important component of this market. They really are. You know, the IPOs, right? You, I think you had 13 price yesterday. Are you kidding? No. So, or maybe they're going to trade today. Tuesday, though, the ones they priced traded up 8%. Remember, they come at 10. Right. And then they traded up 8%. Wednesday, Jim, 4.1%. Thursday, 2%. Oh. So Ooh. that's taken a lot of the little premium out there. The hedge funds have all just, you know, give me the allocation on the SPAC because I'm going to get 4, 6, 8, 10% right away. Interesting. We'll see what they do today. Well, let me, you said the hedge funds get them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, you know there's a whole cohort in this market that feels the hedge funds have the edge. Yeah. And it's unfair. The um, hedge funds are the ones that are able to, yeah, right, so who do are the, part of, of the initial distribution of shares in the SPAC. Many of them also participate in pipes. It's right. sort of a... Well, yeah. why don't the people um, on Reddit, why don't they attack that process as opposed to just attacking any hedge funds for I, I don't of, know. Because then they come in. The hedge funds are happy to have them come in. You know, sometimes they're, it's not later. what it appears. Yeah. yeah. Carl, it's a very exciting time. <laughs> yeah, it is in many ways, guys. We'll take a break here. There's so much more to get to on this Friday as we wrap up the month of February. We'll get to lots of names we haven't yet mentioned, including Live Nation, Etsy, Beyond Meat, uh, Airbnb, Twitter, of course. Uh, we'll keep our eye on rates and more signs that the vaccination process is going to get a lot better in the month of March. Don't go away. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. 
Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Key FDA panel is meeting this morning on whether to recommend Johnson & Johnson's one-shot COVID vaccine for emergency use. Separately, the agency allowing Pfizer to store its COVID vaccine at normal freezer temperatures for up to two weeks. Uh, Jim, the expectation is, given the, what we saw, but of course we got to wait. Right. Uh, and I'll rely on Meg Terrell's reporting, as always, uh, that it will be approved. Uh, and well, I think it's 20 million doses as soon as, what, Maybe March? 30. They're working with Emergent Bio, which has this Maryland facility that's pumping them out. David, here's something that's been odd about this. Yeah. Every time there's an approval, we all kind of know there's going to be approval, and yet the stock jumps. Like J&J, it could run to 165, 166. Right. And, and on known news, David, when have you seen... Known news move stocks. Uh, rarely, although I don't. I mean, look. At, take a look at Pfizer, though. Well, that's the. I mean, and Pfizer, by the way. I mean, amazing, incredible. And Pfizer and Moderna, what they've done. Uh, and yet, guys, give me a twenty-year Pfizer because I, I love to just get your thoughts on that, Jim. They had a lot of CEOs there. In fact, if you add up the compensation right. of the CEOs at Pfizer over the last 10, 20 years, you're talking billions. Right. Not millions. Well, there's Bill, the chart. With a B. The one. Uh, and oh, my God. It's back to where it's it was. Back. It's kind of back. It's a 20-year long, 20-year of zippity-doo-dah. Dave, why doesn't one, an activist get in there? I have to like Corolla very much. He's got a great story. But yeah. how can an activist not go after that? Well, what do you go after? What do you, what do, you do? What's the plan? Well, uh, Bitcoin. I don't know. I'm just saying that when you see a fabulous company like that not generating, they've done a lot of things. You know that they've been shuffling the deck. They've been moving things around. Right. But what they need is growth. They do. But they've participated in one of the greatest scientific breakthroughs that we've had. And it, it, it juked up and then it came right back down. Now, Dr. Gottlieb has said to me over and over again, because I've been saying, how can they suddenly realize that it doesn't have to be refrigerated or something like that? Uh, board of Pfizer. And, I would, you know, he just says, listen, Jim, this is also novel. We don't know. But the fact is, is this the news that you just mentioned is very good for Pfizer. And it may nothing can move that thing. No, nothing. Um, there is some concern right now about new variants. I think uh, Borla was on with uh, Lester Holt on really? NBC. Let's take a listen to what he had to say about that. How long from the time you discover a new variant could you tweak your current vaccine to make it effective? Lester, our goal it is to be able to do it in less than 100 days. Hmm. Even more amazing, isn't it? Yeah. 100 no. days. All right, I'm going to drop a bomb in the new- I'm going to drop a bomb in your head. Okay, I'm ready. All right. I met... Uh, Moderna when uh, when it was just a little child. No, I, I met Moderna when I was hanging out at the J.P. Morgan conference, the healthcare conference. And this guy, uh, Stephane Bensel, came up to me. He loves the show, right? David, this is not an RNA messenger vaccine company for COVID. This is a new way to be able to stop diseases. And people I know who are working with this company know that they may have a vaccine against cancer. Excuse me? A vaccine against certain forms of cancer. Really? Yes. That's how powerful RNA messenger is. 
Now, I've been reluctant to say that, but I have it from more than one source. I have it from two sources, both of whom are involved and uh, are uh, uh, just incredible. I mean, this, we're talking about Nobel Prize easily. Uh, well, that's already got the stock up a little bit. That's quite something, uh, and I want to hear a lot more about it. Um, it works. Uh, and one of my sources was, I, I don't want to disclose, but said that this is, uh, it's all preclinical. Right. But, but uh, remarkable. Well, that would be quite, quite, right. quite a breakthrough. Right. But, hey, we've seen it already with mRNA. By the way, the J&J vaccine not based on that. No, not. More, uh, more traditional. Right. One uh, shot and, still and you're done. incredibly fast. Would uh, you take it so you could go out to dinner with me, or is that just I am, uh, Anything you want, I'll take it. I'm not sure about the Russian one, but I'll take any the of Sputnik? the other. Sputnik? 91%. Uh, Sputnik 5? Yeah, 91% of what? Um, speaking of vaccines, though, Jim, uh, a reminder that NBC Universal has launched a tool to help users find state-by-state eligibility and the closest vaccination locations and data on the vaccine in your area. Plus, you get a checklist of items that you're going to need for your appointment. That can all be found at planyourvaccine.com. Check it out. We'll be right back. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future. To help keep up, Chevron is increasing their U.S. oil and gas production, and they're innovating to help do it responsibly across their operations, including their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand. As we wrap up February, looking for some gains at the open, uh, all three indices are trying to cling to gains for the month to date, although it was the worst day of the month uh, for stocks yesterday. We'll keep an eye on all the names that are going to be key on the earnings front, including CRM, Beyond Meat, Airbnb, Shack, Dell, Dash, and more. Don't go away. Let's get to a mad dash as we get ready for an opening bell a little uh, more than two minutes from now. Uh, it's a Friday, thankfully. Foot Locker, did I overhear? David, one of the continual themes this quarter is, is that we should stay away from the uh, really good big box stores. They don't want to be in them because they were essential. And we should gravitate to the non-essentials that finally have some good compares. For instance, L Brands, up, up, up. Well, there was a cluster of people who were saying Foot Locker is the next big thing, and they let us down. 2.7% decline, same store sales. Uh, first big miss in the mall, I'm calling it. Uh, and it, it, it called into question, I think people start wondering, have we gotten too excited about mall-based stores? Because in the end, as much as you may want to have a reopening of America, and you know I like Simon Properties, we have discovered other ways to buy Nikes. The direct-to-consumer is Nike's stock and trade. I don't know if I want to go to Foot Locker if I can buy a great Nike, which I can, at their site. So I think Foot Locker is a challenge company, and people got too bullish. They got too bulled up, as they say, in the hedge fund community that I'm supposed to be deeply a part of. Yeah, you're not deeply a part of that. When I spoke about SPACs earlier, many others get allocations from to the SPAC IPOs. I, I do want to make that clear. Hedge funds are amongst them, but it's certainly a larger group. And I didn't mean to just say it's only hedge funds that get those Oh, that's important because there was an initial rebellion. Fidos, the, I mean, all the long only Wall Street bets, the, family uh, people, the Reddit people, yeah. GameStop. And, and I realize in saying that you can stoke some uh, people's imagination and or hostility. And there seems to be plenty of that to go around. David? Why we can't just all love each other. You know who know came today. after you today? Who? Portnoy. 
After me? Well, he said something good about Churchill Four. Oh. Remember when you killed Lucid? Don't even, don't even start on that. What? You're not smiling. No, because that gets serious very quickly. How could it that escalates be? very quickly. What with you these did people. was save people a fortune. When I know, is that, I why tried. is that bad that you save people a fortune? Why? Is that not your goal? You want to hurt people? I don't know. No. You know, we're all just on the take here. You know that. Oh, I do. Yeah, that's what they all say. Completely. Carl? Guys, there's the opening bell and the S&P at the bottom of your screen as we get into this final session of the month. Um, one name, Jim, we're going to keep our eye on, as we've mentioned earlier, Airbnb. Uh, a loss in their first quarter as a public company, but revenue was ahead. A lot of price target increases for Airbnb today. Canaccord goes to 220, uh, DA Davidson 210, Piper 198, and of course, Chesky was on with Jim last night. Here's what Brian said. I think we're seeing on the Okay, that was not that was today. not Brian Chesky, but wow. you knew that already. <laughs> Holy man! I, I know who that was. His expiration date. Now, who, when who did he did? start running Airbnb? Sandy, you can't keep him down. Sandy. Yeah. Well, can I just say that Airbnb <laughs> is a company that a lot of people felt was going to get killed because who's going to stay at somebody's house in a pandemic? Well, the answer is it's a safer place than somebody's hotel. Clean. You can bring your own Clorox to a house. Carl, I've got to tell you, he is just beginning to scratch the surface of what can happen here. And he wants, went to the SEC. He wants to give people who are hosts a chance to own stock. I hope the SEC says yes. This is the kind of capitalism that I like, Carl. That's the capitalism I want. Yeah, I mean, the, as has been pointed out a million times, uh, the brilliance of the model, Jim, is that oh. there is no construction or development of new properties. It's all built already. And they can shrink or expand uh, depending on where demand, uh, where demand goes. Yes, I mean, I was talking to him about how Marriott is one half the valuation of Airbnb and that that's just wrong. I think it should be a quarter. Airbnb has the model to die for and has no competition. By the way, David, they bought hotels tonight not that long ago. So when hotels come back, that's a terrific app, which shows you how prices go down when you as the night goes on. So at 10 o'clock, your pricing goes to 60. Wow. And at 11 o'clock, your pricing goes to 50. This is what I did. That's how our inn was successful. So you just wait later and later to make to book. Yeah, your, we were at the top of the hotels to, tonight queue. So sure, if you went sure. to Newark Airport. And you looked and said, oh, wow, it's fifty dollars. And then it would be forty dollars. It's pretty good. That is pretty good. Uh, I do think we now have uh, Mr. Chesky uh, from his appearance last night. Let's take a listen. We found that the travel that people miss the least is business travel. The next travel they miss the least is mass travel, mass travel, as in getting a double decker buses, going to big tourist districts, going and waiting in long lines where you're either alone or in line looking at something like behind a flood of selfie sticks. Like, I, I don't think that travel is over. I just don't think that's the travel people miss. What people miss is actually just spending meaningful time with the people they care about. And that's what we're focused on. And that's the travel that I think is going to come back in full force. He's dead right. I mean, what he's talking about is friends getting together and renting a house versus the thousands of dollars you might be in a hotel. You take the house down, all your friends, uh, 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 my wife, my kids. This is constantly what they do. Uh, I have a daughter, David, and this is something that I thought was oh, the only person who was doing it. She takes three-day weekends, all right, meaning that she teaches, and then she goes on a Friday, Saturday. She teaches in Madrid, and she stays at somebody's place at Airbnb. And well, it turns out, David, the three-day weekender is a huge part of their business. Is it? Yes. It is now a part of people's. Uh, well, if you work anywhere, plan. why work at your? Right. Why not work in somebody else's house? Check right. it out. 
Yep. It's very exciting. Chesky's got the zeitgeist of this moment more than almost any company I've seen. He really gets it. And boy, is travel going to come back. Why are you laughing? Because we got GameStop up next to you. Well, that's important. <laughs> it's just, it cracks me up. What can I, I tell think, you? I think the, the guys in the booth, got, they just produced their own show. They and do. we sort of talk on the side. <laughs> Jim, right. it's, it's kind of like uh, Twitter conversations. You know, we're having a thing, but they're also having a thing. Yes, yes. I, and I love the fact that Andrew referenced my, uh, that we get GameStop uh, to be able to be a clearinghouse for, for uh, crypto because uh, NVIDIA is going to have crypto. Uh, they're going to have Ethereum uh, cards. You have to buy them. Did you have to come back and actually talk about it? Really? What? GameStop. I, well, I mean, David. I mean, there's GameStop, and then there's every other company. Yeah, I guess. David, have you ever read To the Finland Station? No, but you brought it up many times. I probably should have okay, read Okay, have it. you ever read about the Mensheviks versus the Bolsheviks? I mean, I may have at one point. Yeah, it's possible. I did take some Russian history. Well, have you ever read Anna Karenina? Uh, I think I may have tried. Well, these guys, they went to throw the hedge funds on the tracks. <laughs> okay. Okay. I always loved okay. Levin. Levin is a character that I really loved in. Uh, how about focusing on, I mean, we've got a lot of names that are actually up this morning that okay. are, uh, I mean, Apple is up, Facebook, we're seeing a bit of a rebound with the S&P, with the NASDAQ up about 1% right now. Jim, a fake out here, or do you, do you sort of kind of creep into some of these names that you said are starting to, to look a little cheaper, even on a good old-fashioned multiple to earnings? I, I think you have to. I mean, there's just too many companies that, I mean, look at Procter. We had David Taylor on this week, an excellent interview by Sarah, mm-hmm. okay? They are doing so well. And you get a yield. It's terrific. But because it's viewed as a company that doesn't do well in an opening, people don't want it. It's crazy. It's just crazy. Uh, by the way, I just want to come back on uh, Moderna, where I am getting my information is from people who do preclinical, preclinical work. Okay? okay. So preclinical can be wrong. It may not work. But the preclinical stuff that they're trying to do is what I said. Right. That does not mean they can succeed. As we know, David... Many, many drugs fail. There's 2,000 drugs being developed right now just by Charles River. But they're, they're trying. And I think I want to be clear, they don't have it, but they're trying. And that's very different from a lot of other drug companies that are doing Me Too. And there, David, is the problem with Pfizer. People view them as doing a Me Too job, whereas Moderna is trying to do breakthrough jobs. Sort of more of the pioneer in that, right. in that area. Which you can fail. I mean, how many times have we seen yeah. uh, biotechs have something that we thought? Yep. And, Carl, it, it could be. I don't want to get people's hopes up. I, I know that those who got their hopes up for certain anti-cancer drugs, uh, like I did with my mom, were dashed. But I do think that at least Moderna is yeah. thinking big like that. Well, I mean, um, I, your broader point, Jim, about the, the generational change in science as a result of the mRNA platform is real. I know Walter Isaacson's writing a whole book about it. Uh, so we're going to be talking about what happened in these past few years for maybe decades to come. And ho- hopefully it... It's as good and as strong and as promising as, as um, you were suggesting. We'll, it'll, we'll have to wait to find out. Speaking of um, vaccinations, guys, uh, the CEO of Walmart U.S. on the Today Show this morning talking about, Jim, this um, move by private enterprise to help out with vaccination sites, uh, the Delta Museum in Atlanta. Walmart says they think they can do 13 million doses a month uh, as we move into the month of March. And we've already got hospitalizations down, not just below the January peak, but below both prior peaks last year. And every uh, so one, the hospitalization and vaccination trend is very strong. Yeah. And every one of these moves the uh, moves interest rates up. As people say, why are they debating a stimulus package? Why aren't they looking 
at what these companies are doing in terms of quick vaccinations because it's the stimulus package is going to hit the exact wrong time. Now, David, I disagree with this. I say, well, yes, how about if you're unemployed? Is it the exact wrong time? But the bond market is sensing that this is going to be a spring where we're going to reopen. And why are we throwing money? Uh, why is the Treasury throwing money, the Congress throwing money, if we're going to have all these different uh, methods of getting vaccines? Right. Uh, do you think that that is a legitimate fear? I think there's a legitimate concern that uh, we've talked about it now for weeks, and it's been reflected in the move that we've seen in the bond market, that there will be inflation, although there is a belief and I defer here to our colleagues who know a lot more about this than I do, but there is a belief that Powell's not going to, uh, they're not going to respond. I mean, I've, you, know, you listen to the parade of guests we have, and they're just going to, uh, to take it. If there is inflation, that's okay, because they're much more focused on uh, getting the unemployment rate lower, given those 10 million people who don't have jobs who did a year ago. It's almost a year exactly at this point where we started to really get serious about the pandemic. Um, and start to th- and then the moved into those lockdowns. Guys, um, I did want to get to a transaction this morning, one that we've been waiting for for a long time. I've reported on it. It was back in October. We don't need to run the tape, but it was back in October when we told you, much to perhaps the surprise of many then, that AT&T was thinking of only selling a minority stake in its DirecTV unit. In fact, I had reported back, I think it was October 7th, that they would sell 30%. And that actually turned out to be exactly what they are doing. The buyer is TPG. The total enterprise value for the deal for DirecTV is about $16.25 billion. They say in a, in a printed Q&A here, um, they say, listen, it's, it's fair to say that some aspects of the transaction have not planned out as we had, uh, had planned, such as pay TV households in the U.S. declining at a faster pace across the industry. That, of course, refers to the fact that they bought this company for over 49 billion 66 enterprise billion enterprise value mike white if you're out there you get you get the big check babe one of the great sales of all time that to, to at&t but what this does for at&t is it deconsolidates the results from its balance sheet from its income statement uh when upon close uh it gives it 70 percent in a uh independent entity now that will be run by it is a, somebody at at&t who's going to run it they're moving but um with tpg uh, and AT&T, 50-50% governance control. And it gives an opportunity to try to create some value here that AT&T obviously will benefit 70-30 in from whatever happens uh, from here. And, uh, uh, and they will get money to pay down debt because DirecTV will go out, will borrow uh, about $6 billion. There's also a pick preferred of about four and a quarter billion as well. So they borrow that money. They pay a dividend to, to AT&T. AT&T takes that, pays down some debt. And they move on, uh, having separated finally, at least in this way, from, um, well, from something we've talked a great deal about, uh, a terrible deal uh, done at the time. They obviously will uh, indicate certain reasons why it wasn't as bad as you might think. By the way, uh, Jim, real quickly on their balance sheet, $26 billion in free cash flow. That's the lowball number. Dividend costs them 15 They're taking in money from DTV. They're taking in money from the sale of Crunchyroll. They're going to have $20 billion of extra cash. That's going to go towards the spectrum. Yeah, but David, and so their David, response to you is, don't worry about our dividend. But the, the spectrum auction, it turned out to be the, the big winner is T-Mobile, right? They spent the least. Right. And uh, how about towers? A lot of the tower stocks are going down, but there's going to be a lot of money going to towers. Yeah. Uh, is that just ancillary and you don't have to worry about that cost? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. 
I'm working on it. You can see AT&T, though, Carl, continues to be a, a frustrating stock, at least for management at this point, which feels like they had a very good quarter last quarter, and they finally figured out this disposition. But so far, not much of a response in the market. Yeah. Uh, it's a good story, though. We've uh, been helping us watch it for a long time, David. Bit of a reversal in the action this morning. Nasdaq's positive. Dow a little bit more challenged. When we come back, HP's getting a bit of a lift on this quarterly beat and guidance above the street. We'll talk with the CEO live straight ahead, along with Chicago PMI. Don't go away. Nice little diet of eco data today. We got personal income and spending and now Chicago PMI. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick. Hey, good morning, Carl. Yes, we are expecting our February read on Chicago PMI. Of course, we've had one of the craziest bond market uh, that I've seen in, in decades. And this number is expected to be right around the 61 to 62 camp. Do remember our last final January read was solid, just under 64. A bit of a disappointment here. 59.5, 59.5 is the February PMI number. Of course, this sequentially follows 63.8, as I mentioned. So it is a definite pullback, but we certainly expect as we move forward to see some of these manufacturing data points start to surge in a very similar fashion to some of the recent manufacturing data. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. Okay, I will take it, Rick. Thank you. Rick Santelli with the Bond Report. Well, HP, as we've told you, was out with an earnings beat yesterday, driven in part by demand in its consumer business. Of course, people working from home has helped the company. Joining us now is Enrique Lori, president and CEO of HP, the stock of which is up 7%. And Enrique, it was certainly a very strong quarter. I know you're going to talk to us about that, but if you don't mind, I'd love to hone in on these supply shortages that your company's potentially facing that could impact your profitability in later quarters. You're seeing it on both the PC side and the printer side. Just go through that for our viewers, please. Tell us what you're seeing and what your expectations are in terms of perhaps not being able to get a hold of enough components that you need. Good morning, David. Thank you for having me here. Before I talk about component shortages, I would like to talk about what is driving that because it's really the strength of the demand that we are seeing, both for PCs and for printers. Just so you have in mind, the PC market this year is going to be 45% bigger than the projection that we have made only 18 months ago. And for many of the component suppliers, it is very hard to respond fast to that demand. As we said yesterday, we expect the shortages to continue at least through Q3, but all of it is reflected in the guide that we provided yesterday that drives a significant increase versus the performance that we had last year. And of course, if we find more, more components, we will see more products. But at this point, we have very co strong confidence in the numbers that we posted yesterday. Yeah, and we're looking at those numbers right now. So obviously, it's a high-class problem, as we say. A great deal of demand puts strain on supply. How, when do you see this getting resolved? At least we think it's going to take at least three more quarters, because uh, as you have heard from other industries, there is very strong demand for components. We are driving that on PCs. There are other technology uh, sectors that are driving that as well. And even sectors outside technology are also strengthening the demand for electronic components. 
Uh, Enrique, congratulations. Uh, you always keep us up, and I think that uh, this was the quarter that you predicted a couple of years ago, but it did seem to be accelerated by, obviously, work at home. How far along are we in terms of people developing an office at home, given the fact that most of the companies that I know I talk to are going with a hybrid style? You can work at home. You can work at the office. Where are we in terms of office development at home? I think we are still in the early stages, and this is why we are confident that the results that we posted yesterday are going to be sustainable for several quarters. When we think about what is going to be the new way of working, we think it's going to be hybrid. People will be working from home, will be working from the office, and this is opening a lot of opportunities for us. Opportunities in the PC space, as more notebooks will be sold. Opportunities in the print space, as companies will have to enable their employees to print at home in a secure way. And we announced some new services to support that as well. So really, this is opening opportunities for us that we think will continue over time. You uh, once again teased uh, something that I think is very real for you and very exciting, which is 3D printing in uh, microfluids for microfluidics. You are so far ahead of almost every company in 3D printing, and yet you don't talk much about it. Can you, dis- can you give me whether it can be material within the next two or three years? We, we talked yesterday about the growth that we are seeing in printed parts, which is within the best metric to show the progress of the industry. And as we shared, printed parts, printed 3D parts, grew more than 30% this quarter, which is a very relevant number. In terms of materiality, it's still a relatively small part of our company, we're a $60 billion company, and to be material, you need to be very big. So I think it's going to take more than two years for it to be. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know, Enrique, over the last three quarters, you've bought back uh, the equivalent of 13% of uh, the outstanding shares in this company. You know, buybacks are an important component of your capital allocation. You just described an area that you see as potentially very rewarding. Is, is buying back all that stock the best use of your capital? We uh, think for the question, Dave, because we are doing both. We have continued to execute on our share buyback program, which is what we committed to shareholders a year ago. But we are also using our capital for M&A. And this week, we announced a very exciting M&A in the gaming space, where we are going to be now leading the headset category for gamers, which is a growing category. And this shows that we are going to constantly look for opportunities to use our capital for M&A in our core businesses, in adjacencies, in new businesses. And we will always do that if this brings better return than buying back our stock. So you don't think you're going to look back and regret perhaps having bought so much stock back and not devoted enough to R&D? Or you simply make your allocation every year and are, are making your decisions based on the opportunity set you see in front of you? We are going to be making the decisions supporting our strategies. For us to do M&A needs to support the strategies we have explained, needs to have a strong operational plan and strong financial plan. And let me remind you that we are a cash generation machine. We also announced yesterday that we expect to generate at least $4 billion of free cash flow this year. So this gives us room to continue to buy back our shares, which we think are undervalued and therefore are a good investment, and also to increase M&A if we see the right opportunities. Uh, Enrique, you do have a, a, a pretty cool plan about being a, a 
basically a member, a subscription business for uh, printing. I didn't think it could really take off. You know, I was critical, felt that how big can this be? But I guess it's really the way to be able to, if you're going to work at home, you want to subscribe. If you want to work at home, and this also shows the strength of the value proposition that we have. When we met for the first time two years ago on this topic, we had about 2 million subscribers, Jim. Today we have 9 million subscribers in the program. We added 1 million subscribers last quarter. So we clearly see an acceleration of that trend that, again, supports our strategy and gives us great confidence on what is going to be the performance of the print business in the future. Um, Finally, Chromebook revenue quadrupled. I know it may not be off that large a base, but I'm just curious, what is going on there with that particular product? Technology has become essential, and especially in the education space. And Chromebook is leading that growth almost in every country of the world. We see governments buying PCs or Chromebooks for their kids to learn, to go to school, to attend school from home. And again, this is another trend that we think is going to continue. The pandemic has accelerated that, but once once schools and kids learn the advantages that technology brings, we think this will continue to drive growth in this area in the future. All right. Why did you release the earnings early yesterday? Uh, Was there anything behind that? No, there was a human error. As soon as we found out, we contacted the NYSE. We stopped trading. We we did the release. And I think it was a non-event, and we reacted very fast. Got it. Uh, Enrique, always appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. HP, one of the names leading the S&P this morning, right behind Etsy. We'll take a break here as we see uh, some movement in travel-related names. MGM, for example. Carnival also in the top ten. We're back in a moment. Pretty cool list of S&P gainers for the week so far. You got some uh, M&A plays in there with your People's United and the M&T deal. But... A lot of reopening plays as well. Some energy with Marathon, cruise lines with Royal Caribbean, Vornado, uh, and American, by the way, the CEOs of some of the airlines meeting at the White House today. Take a short break. More Squawk on the Streets back in a moment. Jim, how are you going to button up this crazy week tonight? team, but doing much more on fabric. I've got Workday. This is a, a derivative that we know is a, still one more cloud company. It's doing very well. And Neil Bushry, David introduced me to him. And then Arista, Jay Sri Yalal, who is a brilliant person and taking a lot of, uh, let's say, hyper, when you have hyperconductivity, when you have data center, you have to be thinking Arista. They do a very good job. Wow. Everybody have a great weekend. Jim and you too. We'll see you tonight. Got to we'll recharge. Monday, PT, 745 PM. Sunday yeah. morning. <laughs> we'll see you, Jim. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.